What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. And this week, I'm feeling incredibly optimistic uh, because there's a massive, big, fat, giant hit at the box office. It's The Batman. We've been anticipating it for a while. And I think it really lived up to expectations. Uh, So you're going to have to stick around to figure out why I'm so excited (laughs) today. We're also going to be talking about Fresh on Hulu, which is a a cool little rom-drom that I really don't want you guys to miss. Uh, If you have Hulu, that movie is really, really good. uh, And you're going to want to see that. Plus, as always, uh, streaming suggestions. Both of these, I think, are like four and a half five star bangers um movies that i absolutely love one of which i just watched for the first time this week so yeah it's a a packed out show full of good really good movies uh, that you're gonna want to see so lots to get to let's start with the batman The crazy thing about the wild success of The Batman, which has passed $300 million globally in its first full week of release, and a crazy $164 million in the United States, is that it's not even a superhero movie. And I don't mean like it's not like a superhero movie, it's literally not a superhero movie. There's not a single superpower shown or even mentioned, and aside from the whole, you know, bat costume thing... There's nothing to be found here that would feel out of place in, say, a David Fincher movie. Fincher is a good place to start because so much of this movie pays homage to Seven, except like if Brad Pitt's detective in that movie now had daddy issues and a billion-dollar budget. This time around, our caped crusader is basically just trying to solve a serial killer murder case. That's all. Providing perhaps the lowest stakes of any blockbuster movie in the past five years. In this era, where everything on the silver screen is bigger, louder, and dumber, where narrative clarity is the North Star and subtlety is a scarlet letter, perhaps it's no surprise, then, that the critics have more or less roundly applauded director Matt Reeves for, at the very least, tricking audiences into turning out for an old-school noir movie. Maybe that's the magic of the Batman a character which has been adapted countless times and almost always been a success, including one of the most resonant pieces of pop culture in the 21st century in The Dark Knight. What this movie lacks in the spectacle and fun of Christopher Nolan's adaptation, it compensates for visually, achieving an astonishingly rendered Gotham City. The production design and lighting are breathtaking in nearly every scene, and the camera always seems to be placed and moved far more creatively than it needed to be. Comparisons to prestige crime movies, of course, doesn't mean that this Batman, this isn't a Batman story, though. All those previous adaptations have created some pretty strict genre tropes at this point. You've got to have a worried Alfred, a cool Batmobile, a romance with Catwoman, a Batcave, a scene where Bruce Wayne flashes his money, all that stuff, and, well, you got to have the Joker, which this movie includes in a shamefully tacked-on final scene. All those tropes are pretty well-worn at this point, and at 2 hours and 56 minutes, the runtime is going to make even the most invested viewer painfully aware of the blockbuster mumbo-jumbo. But Reeves overcomes this with an overabundance of style. 
The dark, grimy streets are endlessly alluring, as are the characters that inhabit them. Colin Farrell is unrecognizable as the Penguin, cast here as a kind of capo to the mob boss played by an effortlessly cool John Turturro. His cool, though, cannot even match a fraction of what Zoe Kravitz brought to the table as Catwoman, and her chemistry with Robert Pattinson's Batman more than makes up for the fact that The Dark Knight is written here as an aloof emo sad boy, complete with sad boy voiceover. Still, play those two opposite Paul Dano as the Riddler, and you've got some real magic on your hands. And though no one would categorize this movie as a thinker, it is beyond refreshing to see a big movie with some depth to its story and nuance to its characters. There is, shockingly, in this era of safe blockbusters, some true risks being taken in the storytelling. Without spoiling specifics, the Riddler's plan is eerily close to radical far-right conspiracy theory activism that has played out in real life in this country in the past few years. Calling to arms dozens of mass shooters in masks firing into crowds of civilians. It's an image so raw that I found it to be more than a little disturbing. Which is the true reaction, or the reaction a true villain would generate. And yet one I can hardly remember feeling from another movie in the past. Certainly not a modern blockbuster. The fact that the Batman told this kind of story on this kind of scale, and it became as successful as it is is the kind of thing that can rewrite entire narratives about the movie industry. Narratives are, after all, created by a convenient selection of facts. So how's this counter-narrative to spin against all those doom and gloom threads of the past few years? Audiences are hungry to return to the communal experience of a movie theater now, whether it's the dip in COVID cases or the easing of restrictions or the general feelings of restlessness or whatever reason, I don't know. Don't believe me? Spider-Man No Way Home has now made more money in the U.S. than pre-pandemic mega-hits like Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War. In February, mediocre movies like Jackass Forever put up $55 million domestically, and then Uncharted went for $100 million plus. Are these anyone's favorite to die for movies, or do they just want to go to the movies? I think it's the latter, because a literal rom-com co-starring Channing Tatum and a dog made more money domestically $40 million in the last month than Wonder Woman 1984 made last year. And now you've got the Batman. So capital M movies are back, baby. I remain incredibly optimistic, if you can't tell, about 2022 being a fantastic movie year. And what Reeves accomplished here, both artistically and commercially, when I think about what Denis Villeneuve did with Dune or Todd Phillips did with Joker in the pre-pandemic times, gives me an even a glimmer of hope for mature blockbusters in the future. And that is all thanks to you, Batman. Okay, every week I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week, something new is on Hulu. It's a little movie called Fresh, which uh, first premiered at Sundance, but now it is out to the streaming world. I mean, honestly, you'd have a hard time finding better corporate synergy than a movie on Hulu co-starring actors who are also stars of Hulu's other hit TV shows. Sebastian Stan, who just recently uh, was in Pam and Tommy, and Daisy Edgar Jones, which was in the surprise hit Normal People, which if you haven't watched Normal People, it's really good. But anyway, the pair are proving to be an incredibly magnetic performers and to have the kind of chemistry 
during here a 40-minute introduction preceding the title sequence of this snappy rom-com rom-com gone wrong that quickly earns a viewer's allegiance. Edgar Jones' lovesick quarter-lifer is sick of dating until she falls head over heels for Stan's mysterious yet charming doctor, ignoring red flags right up to the point where she takes a sip of her drink and begins to lose consciousness. It's my sincerest hope that nobody spoils for you what unravels over the next hour because it's insanity on the level of Get Out. And it does the same sort of thing where it drops in, you know, the social commentary on heteronormative dating norms the way Jordan Peele's thriller did for Racial Strife. It finds humor in the absurdity of situations as often as tragedy and manages to keep viewers on their toes with each new twist of plot. The story is mostly modest in ambition, yet exceeds all expectation in its execution, which is turning out to be the perfect kind of streaming movie. All right, this week's something old. I'm very excited to talk about this. It's streaming on Netflix. It came out in 2000, and it's called Snatch. I have sung the praises of Guy Ritchie's unique brand of cockney gangster movies throughout the years. He did Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Rock and Rolla, and most recently, The Gentleman. And finally, I got around to the last one of these that I hadn't seen this week. It turned out to be my favorite of his career, and that's saying something. It's Brad Pitt, Jason Statham, and Benicio Del Toro headlining a cast of, you know, the usual Richie collaborators who make up the criminal underworld of late 90s London. It's a convoluted mess of interconnected interests. You got the British bookies, the British mafia, black British gangs, American smugglers, Russian hitmen, supposedly Jewish jewelers, and somewhat Irish gypsy nomads, all fighting to obtain a stolen 87 carat diamond. The catch is they're all incompetent which makes the whole story a cascade of hilarious failures topped only by the testosterone-filled trash talk. It's one of those thousand-piece puzzle movies that somehow fits together in perfect harmony and thrills you every step along the way. I love everything about this movie, from Pitt's ridiculous accent to the funniest and least successful heist in movie history to Richie's signature touch with character names like Frankie Four Fingers and Bullet Bullet Tooth Tony. (laughs) On Letterboxd, I gave it the very rare 4.5 stars rating. So you know you gotta check it out. This week's Something to Stream is on HBO Max, and it's Adaptation. It's a movie I've, I feel like I've recommended a couple of times. But uh, it came to my mind because the media blitz has started for next month's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is an adventure caper in which Nicolas Cage plays himself, Nicolas Cage, (laughs) in what's being hyped as a return to stardom. And people who don't watch a lot of movies think of Cage as, and they think of Cage as the guy from National Treasure, are shocked to find out just how many weird roles he's taken over the years, to varying degrees of success, admittedly mostly bad. (laughs) But it got me thinking about his best performance, which for me will always be in this Charlie Kaufman written Mind Bomb, where he plays two roles as twin brothers trying and failing to adapt a book into a movie. One of the brothers is Charlie Kaufman, and the other is Donald Kaufman, who doesn't exist in real life. 
Each are polar opposites and display Cage's crazy range. In this movie, you won't be able to untangle fact from fiction, but you'll have a hell of a time trying. It's one of my favorite movies of the decade, full stop. And it's super hard for me to explain other than to say it's awesome and you should watch it. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can get in touch with me at Mr. Matt Craig on Twitter or through my newsletter at mattcraig.substack.com. There, if you head over there uh, today and see this week's edition, you will find Trailer Watch, uh, which is Deep Water. We, we got a little tease around the Super Bowl, but we finally got a full trailer for the uh, erotic thriller starring Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas. And whew, looks a little spicy. <laughs> uh, so you're going to want to check that one out. Next week's show, I have no idea. I have no idea what we're covering. There's not a single like big movie coming out next week. Uh, which may give me time to catch up on some uh, 2021 movies that I still have not gotten to. Um, Osgar Hadi's Hero is one of them. Also, that uh, Charlie Hunnam, Mel Gibson movie that I, I put in the newsletter a few weeks ago. Um, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but maybe we'll catch up on some movies. Maybe we'll do a streaming uh, recommendations uh episode so if that sounds like something you'd be interested in definitely get in touch with me uh again on twitter or through the newsletter and let me know let me know what you guys are into hopefully you get a chance to watch the batman or fresh or any of the other movies i recommended if you do let me know what you think of them i uh, love hearing from you guys and until next friday i guess i'll see you at the movies mm-hmm.